Real people, real opinions, real talk radio. The multi-award-winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic hits. Stephen Kiernan wrote to us yesterday by email to raise an issue, which I had completely ignored, by the way. Stephen, you're on Ireland's Classic Hits. How are you doing? Oh, Stephen, there you are. Sorry, go go ahead. Hi, good afternoon. No, good afternoon. That's right. Now, um, it's a very important birthday today. It is. 50 years ago today, August... Sorry, 40 years ago, August the 12th, 1981, the uh, Model 5150 from International Business Machines was launched. IBM. Exactly. The IBM Big PC. Blue. The IBM PC. Yes. The very first machine. That's a device that virtually everyone, every one of us uses today. Probably Windows 7, Windows 10, but it all goes back to what happened in 1981. Um, you're probably too young to remember it. I just about remember it. I so. do. I, I remember it well. And I, I, I remember buying my first computer, actually, but it wasn't an IBM. It was a Compaq. And I think it was a DX33 megahertz. Now they're, giga, they're on gigahertz now. Uh, megahertz. And we were fascinated with the unbelievable graphics of a line <laughs> moving around the screen. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, you sh- show that to a modern teenager now. And, right? and, and here's the other thing. It was 20 megabytes memory, hard drive space, right? 20 megabytes. And we went, 20 megabytes. What would you need that for? You wouldn't. See, your phone now is thousands of times bigger. <laughs> Absolutely. And it's quite funny how it came about because in the late 70s, there were kind of three popular computers, uh, personal computers, but it was really hobbyists uh, who were using it. There was the TRS-80 from Tandy, the Commodore PET, and the Apple II, which is probably the best-known one in Ireland, because I can remember 1980, my school getting an Apple II, and I was absolutely fascinated. I begged and I borrowed the manuals, read every single one cover to cover over the weekend, and then came back on Monday and, and, and started um, testing mm-hmm. it and using it, and that turned into a business for me. Um, yeah, and the other thing, of course, the, you know, the home computers came in around that time. 1981 would have been the first... I, I suppose it was a Sinclair ZX81, which was a little personal computer for your home. And then you That's had the right. Sinclair Spectrum. And then we, the Commodore 64 became a popular computer then as well. That's right. The VIC-20 predated it. And um, they're all from the Commodore PET family. The, yep. the, um, absolutely. There are so many little companies as well. The, uh, the BBC were, kind of put their hand in for a while, didn't they, in the fire there, didn't they? they, they were, didn't BBC have their own computer at one stage? They did. Acorn produced it. It was a contract done for the BBC, the, um, and, the, and Acorn got it. Then all the schools in the UK got BBCs. They were around £400 at the time. Yeah. Um, the Apple was around £1,000, which was huge. Well, the Commodore was probably three or £400. It was an awful lot of money then, but it was a lot easier to afford two or three hundred than it was to afford um, a couple of thousand. But funny, as you mentioned, those machines, because IBM's original idea was they were going to go to Atari, which everyone remembers as the game company. The game company, yeah. machine. But a gentleman um, called um, the, the Kerry, the Fred Kerry, who was the chair of IBM, said no. He listened to a young man called Bill Lowe, who, who was going to develop the first PC. And he personally backed him, and he told him, right, you and 40 engineers, you go to our facility in Bocker Ratton and basically they set up their own division completely separate from the rest of IBM because IBM had huge amounts of bureaucracy and they basically had a year to develop it um, and what they did was they took components off the shelf and interestingly they decided also to buy in software so they went to a company called Digital Research which if you're a certain vintage you remember something called CPM and if you're not it doesn't really matter um, they couldn't do a deal with them and they found a small company called Microsoft who had DOS. Who had, well, actually, they didn't. 
They didn't have anything. Well, actually, he didn't. I, I remember the story. And I'll tell you how I remember the story. I watched an interview one night with a guy who was a dentist in America. And he was supposed to go for an interview with IBM that day. He had an operating system, which he had already developed. And he couldn't go because he was sick. So instead, Bill Gates arrived with what he said he had an operating system, which he actually hadn't got at all. He hadn't developed it. And they gave it to Bill Gates uh, and Microsoft. He went back to his garage and said, lads, I've just got the deal with IBM, but we've no operating system. We better make one quickly. That's right. And they bought it from a company called Seattle Computers, a thing called QDOS, which stood for Quick and Dirty Operating System, developed in 1979 for the hobbyist market. He took it and he rebranded as PCDOS. And probably the cleverest business decision ever was it wasn't, uh, it wasn't an exclusive li- license or he sold it. In that every machine IBM sold, they gave Microsoft a license. Because, but because it wasn't exclusive and companies like Compaq, as you mentioned earlier, came along, they got MS-DOS, the, the Microsoft version, which was basically identical apart from the name. But it meant every machine subsequently to that, they had to pay. And how? here's the thing that I often wonder when it comes to Microsoft Windows, which it is now, DOS moved on to Windows eventually, then Windows 3.1, I think, was the first one of the first Windows, right? So when they moved into Windows and every computer, be it Compaq, Gateway, uh, HP, Dell, they all came with Windows on it, right? How did the competition authority allow that to happen? Well, there was some antitrust stuff in the 90s because one of the things, if you, if you may remember, the company called Netscape, when the internet first... Oh, I do remember it well, yes. A little anchor as a brand, yes. And then Microsoft launched Internet Explorer, which was awful. But by the time it reached version 3 or 4, it was a lot better. But they bundled it with every machine. So they had to unbundle it. Um, because but, Netscape took a case against them uh, because of it was unfair competition. Exactly, but but but, but, yeah, but how were they allowed? How were all these computer companies allowed to put Windows by default on all their computers without anybody objecting to it? Well, there were alternatives. My, IBM had a thing called OS two, which was in the early nineties, which was more, which was better, but unfortunately it flopped. And then there's also Linux or Unix was also around. Oh, that's kind of still around, yeah. It still is. I mean, we use Linux for, for business purposes. Yeah, well, a lot of people would use it for websites as well, for website servers and stuff like that. It tends to get it's used free a lot. And, and it works. But yeah. I agree. But um, there was never a, a real alternative that took off. Um, I suppose the equivalent would be we had the kind of competition between Betamax and VHS, and VHS mm. became the de facto standard, even though technically it was worse. Right. But well, here, here we are in 2021, and we're now talking about three and four gigahertz computers. In those days, we were lucky to have a couple of hertz, not gigahertz. And nowadays, the standard kind of memory in a hard drive is probably a terabyte, where in those days, we were delighted with a few megabytes, which is thousands of times smaller. So they've come on a long way, really, haven't they? Oh, absolutely. And one thing that's quite interesting is there's kind of a merger technologies. And one area that is growing is what's called the retro computer scene, which is typically mainly um, guys, 40s, 50s or whatever, or, or ladies who are um, midlife crisis or going back and looking at the computers of the 80s. But what you have now is you have modern technologies such as um, SD cards or whatever that you can plug into your 1980s computer. And one memory card can have every program ever developed for the Commodore 64. You plug it in and it costs you about 50 or 60 euros. Yeah. Well, you, ha- you can have your old machine. I mean, an old IBM, the original IBMs will sell for maybe a thousand euro. If you had an Apple One, that would probably sell for one or two million dollars. Are you serious? So if anybody has an old Apple One at home? Well, there's only about 20 known to exist. They only <laughs> made about five or six hundred of them. And what about, uh, I, ha- I think I still have my ZX81 which had 1K of memory, by the way, and I had a 16K RAM pack on it, which that I paid. 
What? Uh, that's probably wobbled if you remember you had to. I, that's it. jiggles, yeah. <laughs> you plugged it into the back to this long port in the back. So I, I, I do remember, by the way, it had a racing car racing game which consisted of a, a line, a, a, a kind of a broken line down the centre of the screen moving slightly from side to side. But, but I mean, is that worth anything now? Um, probably a hundred pounds, hundred ah, euros. If you have the stop. box, maybe two hundred. It cost me more than that, for God's sake, at the time. Uh, so they were ridiculous money at the time. When oh, I, when well, they, the MPC launched it was fifteen hundred dollars, which is equivalent to maybe five thousand dollars now. Sixteen k of RAM and two floppy disks, and that was it. <laughs> That was the, the old floppy disks. I remember them well. Yes, indeed. Those little square things. They had the bigger five-inch floppy disks as well, which they used to put into some of those machines too. But listen, it's an interesting point, Stephen. And I'll tell you what, it's kind of launched a nice topic for us today because we're going to wrap up the show today with uh, what could you not live without? And I think we couldn't live without technology and our computers. And it all started with IBM. It did. And I think one of the... Um, uh, w- how that really manifests itself now. I know in Australia now they put road signs and traffic lights in the ground because so many people walk around looking at the phones all the time they don't look up. <laughs> it's a good, my son actually was away on holidays two weeks ago. He'd be embarrassed now because I'm telling this story. He was away on holidays two weeks ago and he was, so, he was looking he was kind of doing a bit of sightseeing so he was looking at his Google Maps which by the way Ruth told me outside she couldn't live without looking at Google Maps and he walked into a pole. Well, you, you should show me your ZX81 and the games you used to play. And I, I, I can remember many years ago, my stepson uh, was looking at um, a CD. and he, uh, Oh, sorry, not a CD. He was looking at an LP and said, is that like a black CD? Yeah, he, black he'd never, CD. He'd never seen an LP before. <laughs> and that made me feel old. That was about uh, in, the, in the 90s. Absolutely. And ironically enough, actually, my son is actually an app developer now. He works with Salesforce. But there you go. Well, one thing, actually, a computer from the 80s, when you turn it on, actually starts faster than the modern machine. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and they, because there was very little on them, that's why. That's true as well. <laughs> yeah. Listen, Stephen, thanks for kicking it off and thanks for the memory. Listen, Stephen Kieran, and thank you very much yeah. indeed. All right, we've got to take a quick break. Stephen has just reminded us that today is the 50th birthday of the IBM computer. The first computer, I suppose, for commercial use that you could use in your office. And then, of course, it moved on and got better and cheaper and we buy them for our homes. Uh, and now today, people still have PCs. Not as much as they used to, by the way. Uh, at one stage, we had 85% of the population had a PC in their home. Now, that will be greatly reduced by the fact that a lot of us use laptops. Uh, we use uh, iPads. We use, well, a laptop still is a PC. A lot of people don't bother with PCs, just use their mobile phone. They just use them because you can do everything on a mobile phone. Now you can get window, well, not windows, but you can get word. You can get all that kind of stuff on your mobile phone. So a lot of people don't even bother with them. They just use the mobile phone all the time. You can do emails, everything that you could do on a PC, you can now do in a mobile phone. Your average mobile phone now is probably thousands times more powerful than the computers that were brought out 20 years ago. It's just the way it is. And we don't live without them. And we can't live without them. The world has revolved around them. Our shopping, everything. Particularly, for example, excuse me, particularly during the pandemic over the last 18 months, we would have been doomed without technology, Zoom meetings, all that kind of stuff. We couldn't have operated. We couldn't have worked from home without our computers and our laptops, our iPads and all that kind of stuff. Right. Or our pads of any description. It doesn't have to be an iPad or an Apple per se. But anyway, what else could you not live without? We've set aside technology there for a second. All right. But what, I mean, what else could you not live without? Somebody texts in and says, no, I couldn't live without a washing machine. There you go. Great invention. I want you to text. I got one of Ashling's hampers to give away. Uh, a couple of CDs and a mug and all that kind of carry on. She always gives it away to somebody who texts in at the end of the show. So I want you to text or WhatsApp. What could you not live without? Something that's been invented in the last 100 years. 
I don't think anybody listening today is 100 years old. But anyway, but something that's been invented over the last 100 years. What can you not live without? What I mean, what could you just not do without? You have to have it. The girls are shouting in my ear, makeup. <laughs> the number is 87 What could you not live without? In other words, if, you, if I was sending you to a desert island, what would you have to bring with you? Hi, Niall. Let's get real here. Food and water are things we can't live without. Ask one of the five million people starving in the Yemen today, and I'm sure they will agree, says Michael the Cynic. Michael, you're absolutely right. I only watched a documentary last night, by the way. about It was about climate change, but not about the damage of climate change. It was about the damage of the actions that we take uh, because of climate change and how they damage the developing world of course in relation to agriculture um, you know it doesn't do them any good the actions we're going to take in the future probably uh, keep texting keep whatsapping numbers 87 188 complicated Michael I can explain it all another time when I have more time uh, let me go to Lucy uh, Lucy you're an Ireland's classic kids how are you doing? not too bad nailing yourself good what can you not live without? what's, what's oh, the best invention ever? my Google Home drowns out the noise of the kids oh and the, the, the gadgets <laughs> is that yeah. the gadget that you talk to? yeah yeah all right, and yeah. do you have long conversations with us? Oh no! Oh well, I would now. I'd ask her to tell me jokes every now and then. Do you? <laughs> I do. Yeah, she'd sing you a song as well if you ask her. To. All right, okay. Is it there beside you? No, it's in the kitchen. You're actually on on it. Oh, I, I was going to say it was maybe we could get her to sing a song just be- just before we finish up today. And so you listen to the radio on it. You'd get information yeah. from it. You get the weather oh, I from do, it. Yeah. Everything. Yeah. 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 Yeah, now it's a bit of a downside because when my, my 11-year-old is doing his homework, he tends to ask it the answers to his math questions. Oh, right, okay. <laughs> That's not good, is it? No, so I have to plug it out then. <laughs> <laughs> and why did you go for Google and not... The, it, it, a lot of people would have, the, you know, the Siri one, the Amazon one as well. The, yeah, I, oh, I'm not an Apple fan at all. Oh, or, or oh right. No. That's Amazon, <laughs> I, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, they, they, you know, I just... My husband actually bought it for me. So right. that's why I have that one. I, I wouldn't have even thought of getting it now. But and do you ever do you, would you like ask it for recipes and things like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you set it. I set the alarm on it if I'm cooking. You know, right, so I've got a timer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have a timer and everything. I know my my partner uses it all the time as well. She's like even if she puts the immersion on. She'll said, tell her to remind her to knock it off again. Yeah, yeah, it's great. <laughs> best thing ever. It's like my own little assistant. <laughs> it's like if I have your best friend in the house telling yeah. you what you should and shouldn't yeah, do. Yeah, if it could put the kids to bed for me, no, I'd be even happier. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you can if you just tell her to remind the kids I, to go I'm to bed. <laughs> and does it know your name? Does it? Does it? It does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, if uh, I say to it, what's my name? I'll, um, it will say your name is Lucy. Right. But you, yeah. you do know, by the way, Lucy was the first human being on the planet. Well, she was, yeah. Yeah, she was. <laughs> That's her name. The first, the first known remnants of man, or mankind, should I say, as they call it, or humankind, it was a woman called Lucy. They found her in Africa. Oh, there you go now. Yeah, see, so, so Lucy is quite important. Going to the knowledge you are. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Will you enjoy her there? Are you sure you don't want to get her to sing a song before you go? I hang on there now. You, you, you have to tell her, you have to tell her to stop listening to Niall Boylan first. But... Yeah, yeah. I'd say there now. Well, all right, we, we, we'll probably hear ourselves then. Hey Google, sing a song. I'd love to hear you sing, but your lyrics may confuse me. Hey Google, hey Google, sing a song. Hi, how can I help? Sing a song. I'd love to hear you sing. No, she won't sing. She won't. She's <laughs> having a moment. Typical woman won't do what she's told when she's told. Hey Google, <laughs> tell me a joke. Okay, here you go. What sound do porcupines make when they kiss? Ouch. 
It's like Christmas cracker jokes, aren't they? Yeah. Lucy, thanks very much indeed. Appreciate you coming on the air today. Let me go to Robbie as well. Robbie, you're in Ireland's classic hits. How you doing, Robbie? Not bad, Noel. How's yourself? Yeah, so we can't live without our Amazon and Google assistants anymore. Everybody has them now, you know? I know. I mean, look, there's loads of great inventions, but like, I'm just going by the one that you said that you can't live without. Um, you wouldn't be able to live without the one I'm going to say is that you wouldn't be able to use a washing machine, your computer, your Google, your any of that without electricity. Oh, you know, there you um, go, Robbie. Simple as, you know, it's up there in the top three of all the greatest inventions. Of all. So who are you going to give the credit to, Edison or Tesla? Oh, definitely Edison. Oh, see, I'm giving the credit to Tesla. Uh, Edison robbed it on him. I don't know. He probably, he, uh, he probably made it better. You, know? <laughs> you think like, so? Oh, look, look, I mean, you, you can say, like, the car is a great invention. The combustion engine is exactly what the invention is there. It's brilliant. But can you do without the car? Yeah, you can. Can you do without electricity? Not really, no. You know, yeah. that's one of the line I'm taking on it today is that, look, I mean, uh, like, I can say I could do without my car. I love my car. I love my TV. Do you know, do you know there's two billion, I didn't know this until I watched this documentary again last night that I mentioned earlier on, there's two billion people in the world live without electricity. And their yeah, and their mortality rate is lower than everybody that has electricity because, of course, they can't store food, um, you know, and all the things we take for granted. Oh, natural, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's it's. I suppose I was going to throw another one up there as well, which is supposed sanitation. I know we have problems on the globe, but that as well would be a very, very important one as well. Today, Noel, I don't know what's wrong with me. Yeah, well, the, the, the likes of sanitation and water and all that, the, the Romans, of course, were the people who gave us that, Where, yeah. as they say. They were the first ones to move water as well with the aqueducts. The aqueducts and all that, yeah. yeah. Seemingly, um, I was watching a, thing, a documentary on that before as well, and modern day um, engineers were saying that the stuff that the Romans engineered was just incredible. Oh, it was, the yeah. That they lived in. Like, how how they done it and how they came up with it and all that was just absolutely incredible. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to stick with electricity being my, my big one because you wouldn't be able to use your Google, your computers and whatever else. Whatever. And you wouldn't be listening to me right now. And you wouldn't be listening to you right now. Yeah, exactly. you couldn't charge your phone to call me in either. Exactly. But you wouldn't have a phone because they wouldn't have any electricity to produce it in the first place. <laughs> One of my favourites up there is going to be the TV. So, well, then you wouldn't have that either. Robbie, good. It gets a good one. Back to basics. Electricity, of course. There is still that going ongoing argument as to who invented or developed electricity uh, or patented in the first place, which would have been Tesla or Thomas Edison. And I'm going to give my money on Tesla. Uh, I think Tesla had better ideas, and I think if we had to listen to him, we'd be in a much better position today, probably. Tesla, by the way, when you think about it, was the first person who invented Wi-Fi. And yes, all that time ago, Wi-Fi, because Tesla, of course, wanted to produce electricity and give it free to everybody in the air, where you wouldn't have to plug anything in. That was his plan. And he built these massive towers, massive towers, basically before Edison even had electricity, um, Tesla had these massive towers where electricity would be at such high voltage that it would go into the atmosphere and that your you know, cooker or anything would just take it out of the atmosphere and just work. That was his plan. Didn't kind of work out too well. But if you look at it now, the next Google or the next Apple phones, they've already announced this, that the next Apple phones most likely will have um, charging where you won't have to plug it in. So what they'll do is they'll take Wi-Fi from the air, the very small voltage in Wi-Fi, and charge the phone up as you're using it through the atmosphere. 
Mmm. I can see all the conspiracy theorists are all getting very worried now. They're doing that through the 5G, Noel. They're injecting into your arms with them bleeding vaccines. And I like, couldn't live without you and your show five days a week. I love it. You and the girls, you just really crack me up with your comments and funny, funny stuff. Love the show. Keep up the great work. Love, Adrian and Kilimanjaro. There you go, Adrian and Kilimanjaro. Thank you very much indeed, Adrian and Kilimanjaro. Particularly the end of the night when the two girls come in, by the way, at night time, for those who don't listen to the nighttime show. I can't be responsible for some of the things that we talk about. By the way, I blame Ruth for most of it. She she obviously drags the conversation down to another level. <laughs> By the way, somebody says, the Romans, don't be giving the Romans credit for everything. They invented nothing. It was all stolen from the countries they conquer, uh, conquered. Well, yeah, I suppose so, to some degree. Uh, Patrick, you're an Ireland's classic kid. How are you doing, Patrick? I'm good, Niall. Good. How are you? Good. What, what could you not live without? My vinyl record collection. I've been collecting since the early 70s. Oh, I have a lot of that stuff too. Yeah, yeah, absolutely love it. There's nothing like it. How many how many records do you have? How many albums? Oh, what do you have? Albums, seven inch singles, twelve inch yeah, singles. That's it. Extended players. You know the yeah, old EPs. EPs, yeah. Yeah, yeah see um, I'm saying EP and if there's anybody under the age of thirty, they're probably going, What is he talking about? An EP exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Just to explain, if you don't know what an EP is, a single had two songs, one song on each side, the A and the B. The EP generally had four songs. There you yeah. go. They would squeeze them on in bad quality, but they'd squeeze them on. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. And then you had your 12-inch singles, which had your extended mixes on it. Yeah. And your albums, of course, on the average album would have had maybe 10 songs at most. Well, I I remember I I bought my first single, I think it was 25 pence. Okay, what was it? And it was, I'll tell you what it was now, it was... uh, you ain't seen nothing yet by Bachman Turner Overdrive. What a great song! Baby, you ain't seen nothing yet. That's the one. That's the one. And the first album I bought was Ziggy Stardust by David Bowie. What an incredible album! What a great album! I mean, they're two great songs, by the way, as well. Brilliant! Yeah, brilliant. At one stage, I remember I sold a load of stuff going back years and years ago when we kind of start moving to CD. And to get a bit of money at the time, I was fairly skint. I sold a load. Of, I sold about three thousand albums Ooh. to a guy who was selling them, who was giving them or selling them to Russian DJs or something like that. I don't know. Right. Seemingly in Russia, they they were still playing vinyl and probably still are. But I mean, vinyl is making a comeback, Patrick. I only bought a few albums and I got a couple for Christmas off my partner as well. Um, you know, I got ELOs out of the blue. I got Fleetwood right Mac album. rumors. Um, Bad Out of Hell, uh, Pink Floyd, Dark Side of the Moon. Oh. I got them. I bought them all again on vinyl only recently. Classics, classics. But do you know this? The first album I bought, I remember, I paid a pound for. Yeah, remember that Bowie's album. Now, when you go into, they start from twenty. Yeah, euros. they're crazy money. Crazy money. Some yeah. of them are ridiculous. But listen, I I could not live without them. I recently bought a new stereo system. To uh, play them on with speakers and fabulous. Okay, what what sort of what sort of system turntable have you got? Um, oh God, hold on a second. I'll no, no check for you. <laughs> I only recently got it, so um, it's a what do you call? It? It's called a steeple tone. Oh, okay. If anybody wants to go out and buy a good turntable, the best one to buy is a Bang and Olufsen. If you oh. have the money now, it can be, it's about seven hundred quid just for the turntable. It is. And the best, the best head, if you're interested in all this and you know all the stuff, uh, you know, and stylus is called an SM50. 
Wow. There you go. Bit of advice. Yeah. Uh, Patrick, enjoy your vinyl collection. I'm jealous. I'm very jealous. Thank you. Uh, Jonathan, you're on Ireland's Classic Kids. How you doing, Jonathan? Not too bad, Noel. How are things? Uh, I have to say, I'm jealous of Patrick's vinyl collection there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What What could you not live without? Lines of tea bags and my travel mug. I, I deliver. I drive for a, for a living. So um, my tea bags and mug comes everywhere with me. So your lines tea and yeah. your travel mug and you yeah. just couldn't live it. Any particular reason why it's lines? Just grew up on them. <laughs> All right, okay. And just while you're there, stay there for a second, Jonathan, because yeah. Barry, or should I say Neil? <laughs> Neil, are you there? I am indeed. Yeah, now do you hear what Jonathan's just said about lions tea? I did, I was just laughing about it. <laughs> well, okay, so what are you going to tell me you can't live without? I had to say Barry's tea. Barry's tea, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's the kind of long-going argument in Ireland, Barry's or Lions. If you're from Cork, you have to say Barry's anyway. <laughs> That's right. I think just the Barry's tea, it, it just surpasses Lions for me, you know. Oh, it just, it just it's a step ahead, is it? Uh, it is, yeah. And is it the it Barry's is. Gold Blend or the original? It doesn't matter. They all, they all taste lovely. All right. Uh, by the way, Jonathan, are you going for the gold blend or the original lines? Oh, the original lines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They do a gold yeah, blend yeah. as well, don't they? Yeah, yeah they do, yeah. No, yeah. I'm not <laughs> the original, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, lads, you can both enjoy your cups of tea. I couldn't disagree with you, by the way. I couldn't live without a cup of tea. I'd have, I'd have at least three of them every single day. Uh, lads, thank you very much indeed. Enjoy the journey wherever you're heading after, by the way, Jonathan. Thanks, uh, Neil, as well. Sorry the lines were a little bit dodgy there towards the end. Real people, real opinions, real talk radio. The multi award winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic hits.